appreciate all you do to be a blessing, to be a help, your prayers, your faithfulness, your kindness. Hallelujah. Pray God bless you abundantly for it. John 15. Got a lot on my heart this morning. Hallelujah. Just praying. You pray for me and the Lord will just help me deliver it. Hallelujah. So important that we have clear, clear word from God. And I do appreciate your prayers. Appreciate all you do to just uh, show so clearly that uh, that you care. We're in a battle. Church is in a battle. God's people are in a battle. Amen. And we have to be just vigilant. That means be watchful, be awake. And uh, But I tell you, we need one another. We need one another. We need to be praying for one another. And I appreciate, I appreciate God's people praying for me. Praise God. I pray so often. I, I don't know how many times I think throughout the week, even throughout the day. God, I, I hope they know that, Lord, I'm praying for them and that I'm, I, I'm rooting for you. I want to see it. But the most important thing is Jesus is for us. Amen. And when God's for us, who can be against us? Amen. John 15. Hallelujah. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your help today. I thank you for your strength today. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, just the, the, what we've already heard, what we've already felt, God. And, Lord, we're asking you to just speak to us again clearly. Help us to have ears to hear what your spirit would say. And, Lord, equip us to fight the good fight. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. John 5, 15, I am the vine. 15, 5, I'm sorry. That dyslexia is kicking in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. John 15, 5. You almost feel that sometimes. You say something you, you don't hear so much, but you feel everybody go, huh? <laughs> I am the vine, ye are the branches. Remember that. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Look at this. Do you know it's true? For without me, you can do nothing. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm just going to say this carnal, proud, self-centered attitude of this generation that says, I don't need anything or anybody is not a Christian attitude. As we grow up and mature in God, we become, or in ourselves as children, we learn how to take care of ourselves. But you know what? We're going to find out in God. We need Him more than ever before. You don't get to a place where you can't, you don't have to pray. You don't get to a place where you don't need God's power and anointing in you richly today. You say, I don't feel it like I used to feel it. Do you doing what you used to do? Are you seeking him like you used to seek him? Are you putting him first like you used to? Oh, I remember when he first filled me up. I remember how real it was and how powerful it was. Oh, I wish for those days. I feel like God's saying he wishes for those days where you used to seek him and you put him first and you loved him. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Amen. When you used to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and nothing would take that place. I'll tell you, God loved that about you. That's why he said, why don't you get back to your first love? Why don't you get back to that first love? Amen. See, when we start living for God, when we become a child of God, it's so much more than saying, hey, God, I don't want to. We talked about this, I 
think recently. I, I just don't want to be lost. The thought of going to hell, it scares me. That's good. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Praise God. But, but it, it needs to be so much more than that. God tells us that when we have him in us and that we are abiding in him, that we will produce fruit. That's kind of a picture, kind of a, 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 a real life illustration of something that has been planted with a purpose. Amen. That, that orchard, that vineyard has been planted with a specific understanding not to just be happy that it's alive, happy that it's in the vineyard, happy that it's in the orchard, but the one that planted it says, I want to see fruit on that fruit tree. That fruit is going to bless others. That fruit is going to show what kind of life is in it. Amen. Well, what kind of fruit am I supposed to produce? You're supposed to be like Jesus. You're supposed to seek to be like him. And he said, if you abide in me and I in you, that's going to happen. For it not to happen, something's got to be wrong. You've got to get in God's way. Amen. Anybody ever hear of a bonsai tree? Anybody know what that is? I preached a, a series of messages a few years ago about a bonsai tree church and how you take a tree like a sycamore, which I understand should be a pretty big tree, but if it is made, it's created to grow. It's created to, to, to just stretch its limbs out and get its roots down deep. Amen. But you have to work hard at keeping it small. Every day you've got to do things to hinder its growth. You've got to snip it. You've got to prune it. You've got to bind it up and, and keep it in a small pot and very specific things. It's hard work to take something that was made to grow and keep it small. Amen. Can I tell somebody here today, you're working too hard, praise God, at all the things that keep you from being everything God wanted you to be. It'll wear you out. But if you just get filled up with God and you stay in him and him in you, it, it, I'm telling you, it's a blessed life. It's a blessed life. It's hard to fight against God. It's hard to work in your own flesh, in your own strength and do it without prayer and without worship and without the presence of God. That's why the Lord said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to do right. I'm trying. Hey, he said, come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll put it in you and you'll be in me. And, and you know what? You're going to produce much fruit. There's evidence in a life that is filled up with Jesus. Amen. This kind of modern idea of, of church, this kind of modern idea where, uh, of, of a, I don't even want to call it a gospel. It's a false gospel that acts like, like that I'm, I'm the same I used to be. Well, Jesus said old things pass away. I'm, I'm just, I'm on my way to heaven, but you don't have any fruit of, uh, of the spirit in you. You don't have the character and the nature of Jesus living in you. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. He said, if you abide in me and I in you, praise God, you can't do it. You can do nothing. So when it starts, if it crosses your mind, listen now, if it crosses your mind throughout the day, if sometime you get out of here and you go home. Maybe somebody's here today. I don't know. And you say, ah, it's too hard. Wait a minute. I'm going to correct you on that. You're 100% wrong. It's not too hard. It's totally impossible without Jesus. And if it starts getting too difficult, you're trying to do it on your own. 
If you think it's hard to live right and you start looking back at the slavery of Egypt, the slavery of sin, you start looking back at all the things that God brought you out and say, you know what? We had it better. Isn't that what the children of Israel were doing? They were slaves. They were in bondage. They weren't going anywhere. And they kept looking back saying, oh, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to Pharaoh. It was so much better. What? Don't you remember what God brought you out of? But listen to me. When you feel like it's too hard, you got to get God filled up in you and you in him and recognize, hallelujah, without him, it's impossible. Without him, you can do nothing. Oh, I'm so thankful I don't have to do it alone. I'm so thankful that day by day I can just be honest with God and say, you know what, God, I I need you today. I'm not trying to prove anything. I don't have to uh, let anybody know how strong I am. I just need to say, God, you know what? I got here with you. If I'm going to make it one more day, one more hour, one more step, I'm going to need you. Amen. But let's go on and well, let's back up a little bit in this chapter. John 15, verse 1, he says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. We'll get to this in a little bit. This idea of the true vine carries with it the understanding there's going to be a lot of other vines that are not the true vine. There are a lot of other things in this last day that are going to try to pull us aside and distract us, tell us things that we like to hear. But they are not the truth. Amen. So we've got to stay with him. But listen to this. Not only are there many vines, but you've got to be in the true vine. But also we have to be connected to that vine and allowing the life of God, his spirit, his power to flow through us. Amen. Every branch on every tree that is producing, whether it's cherries or acorns or apples or oranges, or maybe just those leaves, it's producing that because what's in that, that trunk, what is in that tree is now flowing into those branches and it will produce. When we've got the spirit of God flowing in us, living in us, and we are walking in that, abiding in that, it's going to put his strength in you. It's going to put his power in you. You say, well, I'm, I'm not very patient with people. And I don't, you know, sometimes I, I get mad pretty quick. You know what? But Jesus loves folks. Amen. And he's been patient with you and he's been patient with me. And now I, oh God, they put that in me. When I find out, oh, it's so hard to be patient with people. It's so, here I am again. No, it's not hard to be patient with people. It's impossible in you. It's so hard for me to to do things right. And I stop. Get that power of him in you. That's the answer. That's That's the bottom line. When I feel like I can't, it's because I've got to let what is in him flow through me. But this second verse is, uh, well, it's the Bible, so it's really good. But it's something that we don't, uh, we don't like to look at sometimes, I guess. But God's plan is so good. Every branch in me. Now, these are ones that are not on false vines. These are ones that are in on the true vine. 
Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Uh, how, how can that happen? Something's getting in the way. Like I said, I'll tell you what gets in the way. My will, what I want. When we try to say, God, this is what you need to do to me. This is what you need to do for me. And instead of saying, God, just flow through me. Oh, it'll be good. God's going to do good. God's going to do right. Amen. He's going to bless you. He's going to help you. But that what stops that is my will. That's when Jesus prayed in the garden. Nevertheless, no matter what, this is kind of where we're going with it. Because he knew as flesh, as humanity, the will of God, the perfect will of God was going to hurt. See, last week. We talked about being healed from hurt because sometimes we are wounded in this life. Sometimes we deal with difficult battles and heavy burdens. And we talked about being healed and healing and help in our time of hurt. But I want to talk about a different type of hurt. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but. Sometimes when folks get disgruntled and unhappy and and uh, just fed up with God and God's will and God's people. And and I've heard people say, I've never had problems until I had a preacher in my life. Eh, You probably had some problems before that, too. (laughs) The problem is that if you're not bringing forth fruit, if you are somehow connected to the vine, but you're not allowing the, the life of God to flow into you and produce that fruit. Uh, hey, I love God's mercy. I love his grace. I love his kindness. I love his patience. And we'll probably preach on those ten times more than we preach about this. But the truth of the matter is, God says, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to do, give you the best chance you can get, and I'm going to show you my love and my power and my will, and I'm going to show you how good I want to be to you. But if you refuse to just submit and surrender your will to God and decide to get in His way, the Bible and not and and the the consequences that of that is to not bring forth fruit. He will prune, or He will purge, take away that branch that bringeth doesn't bring forth fruit. God, God does that. I say God does that. I I don't like that any more than I would prefer to stand up here and talk about how a healthy body has a purging process. That's uncomfortable to talk about. But God knows how to purge things that are just unprofitable, that are contrary to what he His will is and his desire. He won't force us. He won't make us. I think I said it here just maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, I can't make somebody live for God and God won't make somebody. He wants us to willingly say, God, I am convinced you love me and I'm convinced no matter what, God, your will is best for me. When you get to the point where you realize, you know what, I don't know it all, but, but God, you do. And I'm asking you just take full control. But here's something else, something about a good branch, something about somebody, folks that I'm preaching to today that understand I want I want every bit of God flowing in me. I want every bit of of God working in me and and I want to bring forth the fruit of the spirit. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want to serve. I want to love. I want to give. Amen. 
I want to be everything God's called me to be. That's, that's an abundant life. That's a blessed life. Because a life that's selfish, I'm telling you, the Bible says somebody that's, uh, their life is devoted unto pleasure and self-will. They're dead while they live. They're not living. They're never satisfied. That's why you have these depressed millionaires and movie stars and rock singers and such and so on. All these that, that seem like they've got everything they can pay for and how miserable and depressed they are. Hey, God's got something better for you. Oh, we could take some time. I'm not going to take much, but Ecclesiastes tells us about Solomon and how he, he had that money. He had that, that rock star lifestyle, if you want to. He had as many wives and concubines as, as he could handle and more. You think about what in the world were you thinking, man? He could build anything and he could have any orchestra in his, in, in his living room. He, he had his own zoos. He had his own works and labors of gardens and, and, and uh, buildings and businesses. And he said... It's all vanity and vexation of spirit, emptiness, nothingness, driving me crazy, full of anxiety, full of just worry. And, and it's, it's with, he said, well, what's the answer? It's not in that. It's in serve the Lord from the days of your youth. Serve the creator. Give him your heart. Let him live in you and, and do it as early as you can. Amen. Do it as early as you can. Every branch that beareth fruit. See, in our take of. What modern Christianity has said to us and lied to us about it. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, you know, we're going to think, well, he's going to, he's just going to have mercy and no, no, he's going to, per- okay, I guess I can deal with that, but he's going to give him mercy for a long time. But, but after a while, he just takes that off the vine. But here's a, a branch. I hope it's you. I hope it's me. Just, just connected. The life is flowing through that. We're, we're bringing forth fruit. We're doing everything God called us to do. We're doing everything God told us to do. And we're doing it through Him. It's not in our own efforts. Right? So in our understanding, what's it, what follows here? So He took away those branches that aren't bringing forth fruit. What's He doing with the ones that are connected and bringing forth fruit? Oh, He's blessing them and He's, He's letting them grow and He's doing, He's just letting them go. No. No. Here's that other kind of pain I was talking about. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. There's something, you know, this is why the Bible talks about God's will, God's ways being so far above our ways. Trust not in thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him. Amen. His ways are so far above our ways. So he's looking at you doing right, doing good, bringing forth fruit things in you that it's not because of you. You can't take the glory. You can't, can't take the credit. That's Jesus in me. That's God's power in me. That's his spirit flowing in me. That's God's goodness in me. And if there's anything good in me, it's because of him. And then he prunes us back. He takes the clippers to us, if you will, and brings it back. You know why? Because he knows just how to bring forth more fruit in you. See, what our tendency is, is here I am, and this is good enough. And God says, oh, we can do better than that. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I feel like God's calling some people in this church. And he's got got great things ahead for you to, to help, to bless, to serve, to minister. And sometimes he... We're looking at growth and we're looking at things getting bigger and better. And God says, whoop, cut that off. What? What are you doing? Oh, this is going to be so much better if you just let me prune you and 
Some of you are a whole lot better at that than me. I'm not the green thumb that I, I wish I was. And, and, uh, but you know what? If somebody who knows what they're doing, like God sure does, but a gardener that knows that, you know, this looks nice, but next year it's going to come in so much nicer if we can just cut that back a little bit. It's going to fill in a lot better. And, and, and especially with something that's going to produce flowers or fruit, you know, you want a concentration, I guess. You don't want just things going off all there's, there's, there's branches that, that they'll even call suckers because it's going to pull too much energy from that plant. That's too much. Get rid of that. What? You're breaking things off a perfectly good branch? Oh, yeah, but it's going to be so much nicer if you just let God work in you. Don't spend your time questioning, God, why did you snip this off? And why is this? And you know what? Snipping sounds, you know, if you're the plant, sounds like it might hurt a little bit sometimes. But we're talking about a different kind of pain. When God prunes back your life and starts getting you focused in on some things, he's got a, a, you're in a process that God is going to do something. I'm going to tell you, it's hard for me to say things like this because I can't hardly think that uh, that I've, you know, I'm not 16 anymore. When God filled me and God worked in my life and and I've been and I'm I'm excited about that. But uh, I've been through some things. You've been through some things. Amen. And I can say now that my my understanding of what God was doing in a lot of the a lot of the times where I was faithful and I was holding on and other people gave up and let go. Or maybe maybe they didn't let go. Maybe God took them took them out of the vine. I don't know. But I look back at my life when all I was doing is just trying to live for God and, and there's trouble and there's problems and there's hurt and there's hurt and there's trouble. And did I mention the hurt? But just hold on. You keep praying. You keep your focus on God. And you're not concerned. Hey, let everybody else do what they got to do. I'm going to keep loving God. And I'm not 16 anymore. I've mentioned that. And you said, you didn't have to tell me that. (laughs) I know. But, uh, but 10, 20, 30, 40, almost 40, (laughs) not quite years, you know, you start to look back and you say, God, you knew what you were doing all along. Who was I to ever doubt you? Who was I to ever question you? The strength and the, the lessons that you learn and the growth. Praise God where you can be more focused on what God wants you to do. Oh, I, I see sometimes new Christians and younger Christians, especially in this generation. That's, you know, you know, you almost say it with a uh, kind of a grimace in your and grit in your teeth. Uh, the idea of the millennials. <laughs> And, and this everything, you know, they they know just folks that just just think like everything's got to just be their way and, and easy and, and fun. And if it's not, we're just going to give up on everything because it's a, and they've never had to really weather a storm or fight for anything. Amen. Amen. It's not like that where everything is just going to be given to you. Not you say, but I'm a Christian. Have you read your Bible? Did you, did you ever hear of a guy named Paul? I might. I know, Old or New Testament, check that out sometime. He's in there. You know, did you ever read anything about some of these people in the Bible? They weathered some storms. They had some faith. Amen. And God did some amazing things in spite of their battles. Amen. We've got so many 
false teachers and false churches building people up that faith makes things easy. Oh no, I'll tell you, we're, we're blessed today. We're excited about it, but that doesn't mean that we don't go through a process of purging and pruning sometimes. That's not always comfortable. Amen. Oh, I've heard so many people. I've heard very few, very few. I don't know if I've ever seen something where, uh, some of these mega church feel good kind of preachers say, Oh, you know what? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hey, that's in the Bible. I believe that. But they've never really looked at what Paul was saying when he was saying it from a prison cell. Saying, you know what? I've learned in all things to be content. I can be blessed and everything going my way and I don't have to backslide. I can still love God, serve God and know that I need him. And he said, I can also be abased where nothing's going my way. Nothing seems to be going right. And I'll be living for God nonetheless. Amen. He said, I know how to have be abounding and I know how to suffer want. I can do all things through Christ because he's my strength. That my testimony, my, my, my love for God, my dedication to God is not going to change on the mountaintop or in the valley. I can do all things. I can abound and I can be abased. I can have and I can suffer loss and I can still be faithful to God. Amen. Well, you go ahead and look that up in your spare. That's your, your, uh, extra credit. Amen. Your homework. If we look at things through the lens of prayer, the lens of the Bible, I want to say again, sadly, I make no, no brag about it. I wish everybody had it and was right, was doing well. But there is, a, there is a, a prophecy that is being fulfilled across this land today. That the Bible says there's going to be a famine. Not of bread and of water, but of hearing the word of God. There's a lot of preachers. There's a lot of... A lot of folks opening up Bibles, I guess, but not a lot of folks really solid. I, I tell you what I've done. I've built my life like like the Bible talks about that wise man that built his house upon a rock. The rains come. The storms come. He didn't say if you hear my word and do it, the storm's never going to come. He said you're going to be able to survive the storm and still be blessed. The foolish man's not going to do it. Foolish man hears the word but doesn't do it. Amen. You're going to get to some storms and uh, we don't like the storms. I'm not here being yay storms. I'm, I'm all team storm. Uh uh-uh. But it's not going to slow me down. It's not going to cause me to look back and say, oh, I don't know why I'm living for God. Because I can do all things in him. But sadly, there's a lot of folks building their life on good feelings and good times. I love good feelings and good times and God's given me plenty. But faith is able to say, you know what? God's good to me today. No matter what the devil says. No matter what the devil's doing. No matter how difficult it is. God has been good to me. Amen. Like the brother testified. Hey, no matter what. You know what? God is still good. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. When we look at our lives through, through a lens of, of, of the word. Of, of these men and women in the Bible. That, that they went through some things. They suffered adversity. They, they didn't always get everything they always wanted, but they stood firm and stayed dedicated to God. Talking about that fruit. Interesting thing about fruit. 
You know, you get a hold of an orange and you squeeze that orange. You know what's going to come out of it? Orange juice. Amen. Why orange juice? Why not apple juice? Because what's inside is going to come out. Amen. You get a hold of an apple, you squeeze it. Brother, you're getting deep now. You just get a hold of an apple and squeeze it. You're going to get some apple juice out of that. You get a hold of the fruit of a child of God, a Christian. And how many feel like they've had the press? How many feel like they've had a squeeze in their life from the, from the battle that they've had? What comes out of you? Should be Jesus. Should be faith. What's inside? Oh, that slipped out. What, what was it doing in there? Christian? You filled up with Christ. You filled up with Jesus. You're not just saying, I got a lot of stuff in here. You better watch out because it's getting ready to come out and get all over you, man. You're going you're gonna to be sorry you ever squeezed this. You're going to be sorry you ever pressed a... Wait a minute now. What do you got flowing in you? Children of God, when we suffer, when we struggle, when we hurt, we have faith that God's working all things together for our good. We don't all of a sudden start trying to figure things out by our own understanding. In all our ways, we're acknowledging him. We already recognize it's impossible. It wasn't possible for you to make it because it was easy. On a perfect day, is there such a one? On a perfect day, we can't live for God. But I think some folks need to understand, no matter what these days bring into our lives, into this nation, God is bigger than that. God's bigger than every devil. God's bigger than every trial. And can I tell you, if you read your Bibles and see what these men and women have lived through Old and New Testament, trusting God, serving God, you're going to be all right. I think people need to realize this salvation is a lot stronger. Amen. This salvation is a lot stronger than what you even realize. Amen. Amen. You know, you know I used to see years ago, there used to be ads for, for uh, was it Samsonite luggage, you know, and it wasn't some little kid opening up or uh, a petite woman, you know, picking it up and carrying it down. If they wanted to prove how tough it was, they handed it to a gorilla and let him smack it around and throw it around for a while. They say, hey, look at this. This can survive. But sometimes your, your life may seem like it's being just thrown around haphazardly. But listen to me. What God's given you is strong and can survive whatever we have to face. Amen. We're overcomers. Remember what the Word of God says. It's time we stand up in faith and not be so fearful and anxious and say, I know God is for me. Amen. problem is sometimes when the press is on, when the pruning process goes on, there's also something else that people are running from. Proverbs 27, verse 6. I met some people. I've met probably quite a few people that can handle some, some tough times. But I'll tell you what people really, if you're not serious about just... I got to make it. I, I got to stay with God. He's my only friend. He's the one that, that loved me when nobody else did. He's the one that's there for me when everybody else was gone. Bible says in verse uh, 6 of Proverbs 27, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What happens... 
The Lord is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. What happens when we are put to the squeeze, when we are put to the press, we find out, we, we learn some things. Sometimes we find out what's really in us. And we want, like the, those millennials that we were talking about earlier, that just feel like they've got to get a, get a first place just for participating. And listen to me. We find out, hey, everything, I thought I was doing so good. I kept hearing how God loved and I'm so loved and God loves me no matter what. But I found out there's something in me that's, that's not like Jesus. Something that, that, that is coming out of me. Something I'm learning. Something I'm hearing. It might not just be in the problem, but, but it might be in the preaching. It might be in, a, in, in the Spirit of God dealing with you. And a lot of people can handle problems, but to handle God saying, hey, there's some things I want to do in you to, for you to grow. For you to be better. I'm going to trim some things back. And in this, we're going to do better. We're going to grow this in a better direction. We're going to grow this to be more fruitful. And sometimes for the Spirit of God to confront us and convict us of some things that aren't just bringing forth the right kind of fruit. It's hard for people to say, God, I need to do better. God, I do need to grow. God, I do have some things in my life that need to be to change. God, there are some things here that he still loves you. This generation that acts like everything is invalidation is is hate. Oh, you you hate them because you preach against their sin. You hate them because you, you stand for righteousness. No, that's not hate. God loves you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Somebody will tell you what you want to hear. I've, I've heard so much here recently. I know more than I, I told you earlier that I, I have a few decades now that I can draw from experience and some things that are happening. I told you and you all know, too, that we're racing towards the end, We're racing towards the end. Another thing. God says in his last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And, and it talks about the, the, the people of God, the dreaming of dreams and the seeing of visions. And, and, and it's almost a regular thing now where somebody says, oh, I've been last night. God just showed me something. God showed me how close we are to the end and, and the battles and, the, and the, the fight that we have and the victory. And, and you see these things happening more and more. God's getting us ready for the, for the fight, for the victory. Amen. For the overcoming and let us know that, hey, he's with us, but we're going to have to fight some fights if we're going to make it to the end. But so much of this last day, someone had talked to me here recently about a dream about false prophets. And the truth is, in this dream and in the the word of God, the, the false prophets outnumber the true prophets. And how much I feel like. It was just another a sign that, hey, we need to have discernment. We need to be uh, that everything out there that we're eating is not all good. We've got to be we've got to be so discerning of what is right and what is real and what is Bible. Amen. In this last day, because there are Matthew 24, it goes very detailed of end times, which you'll see the history of it. The false prophets are always outnumbering the true, but there will be a people that just stand and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, Ahab looked at Elijah and said, have you found me, oh, my enemy? You're the one that's causing all the trouble in Israel. He said, no, it's your sin. 
It's your sin that's causing the trouble. I'm not your enemy. There's going to be an elevated battle. There's going to be uh, the Bible. I, I quote it so often from Revelation 12 that, that the enemy comes with great wrath knowing his time is short. But, you know, they overcame him. We said it earlier by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We've got what it takes to win. We've got what it takes to overcome. Amen. We've got everything we need, and God is not going to take a church to the end, praise God, and not equip us to be victorious. But don't be surprised when the battle starts raging in you, in your family, in the church, in the community, in the nation. Amen. But we need to be vigilant to this. But we also need to recognize one of the... The very clear signs of these end times is the elevation of false Christ, false teaching, false prophecies, false prophets. Amen. Tickling the ears of people, telling them what they want to hear, not having a message of repentance, not having a message of turn from sin, not having a message of let God purify you, cleanse you. And I tell you, as a as a parent. Those of us, I'm sure, can understand who have ever had children. You see your child, whether it's very young or grown, you, don't, you love that child. But the understanding that you love that child, no matter what they're going to be, your child, you're going to love them, does not mean that if you see them doing something that's going to harm themselves, put them in danger, that you're going to sit there and go, oh, but I love them so much. Aren't they great? That is turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, what the book of Jude says. This idea that God sees us self-destructing in sin because sin is going to, going to tear our lives apart, hurt everybody else around us. Oh, but God just loves everybody. Yeah, he loves you. But you know what? A parent that loves you is going to say, stop! What are you doing? You can't do that. Oh, you know what? You don't love me. You're hurting me. You're taking away what I love. You're taking away what I want. No, that's destroy you. Saw my, my oldest son. I don't know how old he was. My wife's good at that. I'm not. But he was very young. And we were unpacking our luggage at a hotel somewhere, going to a church meeting. And, and uh, somehow he found my razor. And it had a, kind of a double, double edge on there, double razor. And uh, he just looked at saw the shiny part and went, eh. Yeah, and I'm ah! Is that love? To scream, to, to, to try to get, get away, put that down. Get away from that. Better believe that's love. Generation like today, you, you show a little bit of uh, a passion, a little bit of zeal and say, hey, that's going to kill you. That's going to take you to hell. That's going to destroy your life. That's going to rob you of the blessings of God. Oh, you don't love me. Faithful the wounds of a friend. That's the kind of pain I'm talking about. That different kind of pain where God will use the, the preaching and the conviction of the Holy Ghost and, and the people that he's put in your lives to warn you and take away the razor. But it's shiny. It looks like a toy. It's what I want. How sad. And false prophets are leading scores, thousands upon thousands Making merchandise of them. Amen. Telling them what they want to hear. To the point where preaching that 
instructs and corrects. Read it in the, in the Word of God. Paul told Timothy, Tell, preach the Word. Whether it's in season or not, be ready to do it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You need to hear it. You need to, you need to be cleansed of your sins. You need to turn to God. And sometimes he'll, you know, the Bible tells, says about it in Hebrews. It says, it talks about laying aside the sin which does so easily beset you so you can run the race. Amen. But before it says set aside that, that besetting sin, that sin that just so easily gets to you and, and comes after you. He says, lay aside every weight. Sometimes there's just some things God's saying, Clip. you don't need that. Ah, I, I, got, I got a hat. No, you don't need that. Yeah, what is, you, do, do you? Faithful are the wounds of a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I don't see how that was going. You don't see. That's okay. Right? But God does. I don't understand. Do you have to? Can God be God in your life? You know, there's sometimes God's dealt with me and he'll deal with you. If you're praying, he'll deal with you. I'll tell you, if you're praying, he's going to start working on you and he'll start bringing you and, and leading you to a higher heights and deeper depths. But there have been times in my life I just felt, yeah, you don't need that. That's not helping you. But they're doing it. But they get away with it. That's none of your business. Maybe he's dealing with them already and they, they're... Fussing and rebelling. Help us, God. This idea that the church needs to be validation for all of our sins and be somewhere where you just get patted on the back no matter what. Oh, you're doing good no matter how. That's, you don't find that in the Bible. But God loves you enough to, to see you sometimes distracted by things. And, and, and it doesn't... God's always been good. Listen to me. God's always been good. There's always been a time. I can look back now a while, and let me tell you my experience. There have been times God said, I'm going to clip this out of your life. And I said, I don't, okay, God, but I'm not. But I look back and say, thank you. You saved me from problems. You saved me from more hurt. I thought it hurt when you snipped that away from my life. But, oh, God, I would have hurt so much more if you would have kept it on. I would have, I would have backslid. I would have walked away from you if you left that in my life. God, thank you for pruning me back. See, because faithful are the wounds of a friend. Praise the Lord. You know, I I was uh, shopping for some clothes this week, and I found something I was looking for, and I really liked it. And I come out of that, and it was a, I said, "This is this is what I've been looking for. I haven't found it. This is exactly what I want." And I had my wife there, and she said, "Mm-mm." I said, I really think it, it don't fit you. Come on. I kind of think it does. I, I, I can see all around you and no. And that's why I asked her. But I, I, I kind of acted like that little child. Oh, so mean. But I knew. Amen. And I found, I found something that fit me in another store. A third of the price. Thank God for that. Same thing. So, you know, that's what God does. But listen to me. We, we look at our lives and, and we can say, oh, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? I'm blessing you. I'm helping you. I'm keeping you. Amen. And I'm, when I'm done with you, you're going to grow into something exceeding abundantly above all that you ever asked or thought. Amen. Amen. Matthew seven thirteen. 
says, Enter ye in a straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Matthew 7.13. The broad road leads to destruction. The easy way. The way that is not restricted. The way that is my will. There's not a lot of folks that will let themselves be corrected even by God. Amen. There's not a lot of folks that want to hear, no, it's just not best for you. It's not right. You need to change. You need to let God trust God. And he's going to make it so good for you. Because straight is the gate. That's a constricted, narrow gate. Narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. I was talking to the brother, brother Chris, earlier this week. And he said, I, I knew it was going to be narrow, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that say, I want God, you to be God in my life. And God says, okay, let me, let me prune you and make something amazing out of you. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't say you could have full control, did I? Well, you kind of did when you called me Lord. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't mean Lord, Lord. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. There's going to be crossroads throughout our lives. If you just make up your mind and say, God, you're God in my life. You're leading me. You're guiding me. You're teaching me. And I need you. But if you have to stop and say, I don't know, God, you're going to have a decision to make. God's will or your will. Narrow road or broad road. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told, I'm going to give you another chance. Everybody else, they seem like they're following suit, and they're going to bow when we play the music to this idol. And you're going to as well. And they said, King, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. It's Daniel 3. We're not careful to answer thee in this matter. Listen to this. Because these are the kind of folks in these last days that are going to stand. Because there's going to be crossroads. There's going to be confrontation. There's going to be times when the enemy says, you can't serve God according to the word of God. You can't praise God like this. Hey, it happened and it will happen. If be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, whew, that's faith. That's faith. Amen. It's kind of what Brother Mike was saying. Hey, I'm holding on. But if not, you know what? I'm still going to serve God. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods. I'm not going to bow. Nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. It's just going to be this way. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to keep loving God. But what if it's difficult? But what if I don't get it my way? But what if... Listen, we're not careful about this. We've got our minds made up. We're going to serve God no matter what's popular, no matter what way the culture goes. Hey, no matter what the laws say, we will serve God. Amen. Amen. John 15, in, in closing, there's so much more in John 15. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. There's where God answers prayer. 
If you're in him and he's in you, not if you're struggling to let go and let God have his way. But when you allow God to just have his will in your life and you're not restricting that by your own selfish will, he said, go ahead and pray. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. But I want you to drop down here into verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Full joy. Full joy. How do I have full joy when I'm when I feel the, the hurt of the pruning process? Because I know God's working something here. It's a process to do something great in you. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I, I told somebody I was going to tell him this story, but uh, I feel to share it with the rest of you in closing. I went to a meeting in Indiana a few years back and preacher brother Clements had preached a message about Job. And the Bible talks about Job and how he went through some things and God corrected him at the end of the book of Job and got his thinking back. Right where it needed to be, where he was questioning God, why are you allowing all these things to happen to me? It's not right. And I've done this and I've and now. God said, pray for your friends. Get your mind off your troubles and bless somebody else. And the Bible says the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Right that moment when he prayed. And the Bible starts talking about all the. Family that he had after that, that was twice as much and the possessions that he had and the home and all the things that he had. God blessed him twice. You think they just appeared out of thin air that moment? God turned to captivity. Now he's got a bigger family than he's ever had. That didn't happen that day. Now he's got more oxen and more donkeys and that didn't happen that day. But God worked in his life. God put blessing, planted blessing right there, took away the, the, the work of the enemy and started a process that days, weeks, months, even years. Now people are looking at him and saying, look what the Lord has done. This process that God has us in. It doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like it. It doesn't as easy as we'd like it. But I'll tell you, you just let God work in you. Let him prune and purge you. He knows how to bring the best out of you. He knows how. When we say, God, look what I did. I'm doing so good. He says, oh, I'll tell you what. You're doing good. I'm so proud of you, my son, my daughter. But you let me keep my hands in your life and you'll do so much more as I direct your steps. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're so good. Sometimes the pain that is in our life is pain with a purpose. Sometimes God is working in our lives with a purpose to bring forth more fruit. Things that we've allowed in our lives that hinder us, things that we hold on to sometimes against God's direction. God begins a pruning process. It's not easy. He said if you're bringing forth fruit, he, you got his attention. He's going to work in you so that you can bring forth more fruit. Can I tell you, 
You'll be so glad he did work on you. You'll be so glad. One day you'll look back and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you did right there. You helped me. I thought I knew what was best. I thought I knew what I wanted was right. But, Lord, your will is always so much better than my own. I wonder if this morning we could just take a few moments before we leave and talk to God. Let's find a place to pray. And just say, Lord, help me, Lord, to be just surrendered to your will. Help me let you be God in my life. It's contrary to your will. It's contrary to what you're thinking he ought to do, but he knows what's best. Trust him. Trust him today. process of pruning. But it's a pain with a purpose to bring more fruit, to bring everything that's good in your life, everything that is Him flowing and working in you to greater measure. Every heart, every every spirit, every soul. 
We want to yield ourselves to God. Let Him talk to us. Let Him talk to you. Let Him lead you. He'll tell you. Do you have an ear to hear what His Spirit would say? Do you have a heart that's ready to just say, God, let Your will be done in me? He'll lead you. And He'll give you the strength every day. Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your presence here. It's such a beautiful, Lord, beautiful Lord, presence of your spirit here. God, bless your people now, I pray. Lord, keep them in your care. Lord, shine your light through us, Lord, and lead us day by day. Lord, we give you all the glory. We praise your wonderful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.